Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This week on First Date. So fucked up to blast farts at yoga. I've never heard anyone do it. You've smelt someone do it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that person is me. Some people are into working out on their first date. I know, it's weird. That's a red flag, right? I mean, I would think so, but... Come to the gym with me? I'm so excited to see you tonight. We're back with another episode of First Date. Today, my guest is super exciting, you guys. He was born in Asheville, North Carolina. He was born on 420. He's into meditation, spiritualism. He's a comedian. You probably remember him from all the episodes that he had on Joe Rogan Experience, his episodes on Drunk History. He has his own podcast. He's also been on a Netflix special that he created called The Midnight Gospel. He's super funny. Let's welcome Duncan Trussell. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers. So these are uh, my first piece of merch. Incredible. You guys, I have martini glasses, and it says first date with Lauren Compton right here. You can get them in the YMH store. I'm so Mm. stoked for this. Me too. It's actually really good. It's delicious. It's ASMR. Um, Do you think the martini glass affects the taste, like in some weird placebo way, like if you're drinking out of like a shitty martini? Yeah, it tastes like pussy. (laughs) (laughs) exactly what it tastes like wow if only (laughs) (laughs) um uh, so before we get started let me just preface you a little bit okay so i have a menu here yes this is our first date okay i've got some appetizer questions okay i've got main course questions and then a dessert question okay there's no wrong answers but i will call out your red flags okay and uh i'll call out your green flags too it's not a test all right just it's just a fun little first date. Okay. So doesn't seem stressful at all. We're gonna start off with some appetizer questions. So being into spirituality, how do you feel about astrology? Um, you know, I'm I I there's a author, Robert Anton Wilson, a philosopher, mm-hmm. and he says the best thing to do when it comes to pretty much anything like astrology, the occult, magic. God is to maintain a kind of agnosticism regarding it. In other words, let yourself believe it. Give yourself a day where you believe in astrology. So, for example, just uh, one day? Well, it's up to you. You can give yourself a year if you want. But in other words, like some people instantaneously reject shit like astrology and who can blame them? It sounds absolutely batshit. But instead of just rejecting it, that's no fun. Make yourself believe it for a day, like intensely believe it that right now Mars is in Virgo, which is causing some reality to happen in your life based on planetary alignments. And then at the very least, you understand the world people who are convinced astrology is real exist in, which is super fun. If you went on a date and a girl was super opposed to everything, astrology, she wasn't very spiritual, she was atheist. 
how would you feel about going on a date with someone like that? I would feel horrible for both of us. Like she's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna hate me, and like I'm gonna be annoying to her, and then, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I wouldn't enjoy that at all. I'd feel, but I do love like authentic atheists versus like the atheist that feels like they're pushing back against religious spiritual the repression they experienced as kids though i do get that but like my friends who are like true atheists oh it's the best to like go back and forth with them with all my spiritual bullshit and like i just really enjoy that interaction so i guess it depends on the mood behind the atheism you right know? where's your idea of a perfect first date a perfect first date yeah you know i think that's impossible I think that's impossible to answer. Like, and maybe it's just because like I've been married for a while now and I have to think back to first dates. But in general, it's hard for me to summon that up, you know, because what is the first date? Is it like going out to eat? Is that the first date? I feel like a first date is your first outing, whether that's okay. going, some people are into working out on what? their first date. I know it's weird. That's a red flag, right? I mean, I would think so, but... Come to the gym with me? What if it was yoga? What if it was a yoga studio? Oh, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare. Why is it a nightmare? I they When I do yoga, like, they bring out the blocks. Like, they have to bring out, like, a whole... You're, like, a master. Not a master. I suck so bad at it. Like, they have to, like, raise my ass up and get, like, yeah. people worry about me. It's like they bring out this stuff for, like, geriatrics for me. I'm not very flexible, so... Assuming like I, I like oh, this they're person. bringing out blocks for support support not like oh my god the master is here just like we don't want him to break his hip right so we they adjust. yeah so no yoga would be a terrible first date for me yeah I would hate it I always feel like I would be embarrassed to fart in a room like that around yeah. a bunch of people you could hear a pin drop in a I know. room I know it's so fucked up to blast I farts at yoga I've never heard anyone do it. They've been silent. You've smelt someone do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that person is me because my <laughs> my body is just like when, you know, the first time you do yoga, you're just squeezing out all the poisons, all the different twists and turns. Yeah. 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 It's a toxic environment. Yes. I agree. Yes. How often do you exercise? You know, I'm going to be real honest with you. I just started going back to the gym recently and i love it but so to answer that question right now though i fell off the wagon again i was like in the loop i was doing it you know right now my wife is very close to giving birth and i'm not blaming it on her because it's definitely not her fault you could always go to the gym but psychologically i'm using it somehow as some pathetic excuse to not go to the gym it doesn't make sense she's working out enough for the both of you i love it i'll add it <laughs> it to the list of yeah. like reasons I'm not working out. What is the worst first date you've ever been on? So this is like pre-AOL, I believe. We This is when people still use message boards, dial-up modem. I had just gotten this computer literally in my mom's basement, literally in my mom's basement. And I'd just been hanging out on this message board and there was like one female on this message board a never ending onslaught of getting hit on by like computer nerds. I was in a rivalry 
with another computer nerd over this person that I'd never seen or met. You know, this is when it took forever to download pictures. So she wanted to go on a date with me. So I, I meet her at this uh, apartment complex and she wanted to go to a movie. So we went to a movie and on the way back from the movie, someone was tailgating us and she goes, slam on your brakes right now. I love that. We could split the insurance money. What a bad bitch. Bad bitch. You know, you bad it's an insurance bitch. scam. Yeah. And then like we were going fast. This is the woman you married, right? <laughs> I know. This is the one that got away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that got away. It's a Bonnie and Clyde story. Yeah. Okay. So did you slam those brakes on? Hell no. Oh. No. We went to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the grocery store. And she used uh, food stamps to buy artificial crab. So we went. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, back then I was kind of like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I, like we're like sitting on her on the floor of her apartment um, eating artificial crab in the second floor of her apartment when an unknown man standing in front of her window starts like, hey. Hey! And she's like, just ignore him. <laughs> That's it. That's all I can remember. <laughs> and why you blacked out from, from from just trauma? You know, things like that, like those, like it's like little memory bubbles in my I mind. Know. And I'm afraid to like go go to an, the next bubble sometimes. There's you know? a there's a significant half of my life that I just don't remember yeah. because it just traumatized me. And I think that our brain protects us. Yeah. just Blocks us off. Yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. And I it's can't. all gone. Uh huh. All Go that trauma. It's just gone. Probably a, a significant amount of drugs in spirituality and going into another dimension would bring it back to me. That's probably why I don't do them. I don't want to remember. Yeah, you this. don't just sweep it under the rug. It'll never show up later. Main course questions. Um, what do you feel is the key to a good relationship? Mm. It's got, it's gotta be communication. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like you have to somehow be able to communicate with each other. And both of you have to be willing to hear the other person's perspective. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, for me, the moment I'm unwilling to recognize that we all have our own subjective reality tunnels, then I get caught up in trying to be right. And, you know, which is you probably are right in the sense this is your reality tunnel and everything you're experiencing around you is your mind. So in that sense, you're right in your ideas of like what this person has done to upset you or are right. But also the other person's ideas of what you might have done to upset them are right in the sense that these are just two merging parts of the multiverse disguised as people yeah and so communication is like harmonizing those two i think i feel like in a conversation between two people one person is always right and the other person is you <laughs> yeah, so, yeah that's a good tattoo man <laughs> no regrets <laughs> what if you're at dinner with someone and they're completely sober and they don't drink alcohol whatsoever. Yeah. And you're not sober, but you're not like a raging alcoholic. You just want to have a cocktail. Do yeah. you do you withhold and 
just meet them at water? Do you have no. a drink? I don't think that's fair for them. I think like people who are not drinking to add to the pressure of not drinking that suddenly you have to subscribe to whatever their particular uh, abstinence policy yeah. is, is not fair for them. And also like if you're starting off your relationship with someone by like instantaneously trying to t chameleon yourself into something you think they'll like, yeah, you are in for trouble down the road because they're just gonna be like, oh cool, they don't drink, this is great. And then, but you do, you love to drink. You love to drink, you love to peep, you love to get hammered and go look <laughs> through windows and wear adult diapers and go to furry conventions. Yeah. But you're like, <laughs> yeah. But you're like, I'm totally normal. You've got bags of ketamine in your pocket. Yeah. So that's not a good first date. No, it's no. not. No. Do you trust a sober person? Yeah, I do. I trust. I trust. You know, one of my friends told me something that I, I, I think about all the time, which is you can trust people to be who they are. You can't necessarily trust them to, to do what they say. And once that's brought a lot of peace to my life, you know, because when you recognize oh, this is just who this is who a person is, they're sober and they might be, you know, right now in a period of their life where they're not easy to be around because they're sober or whatever it may be. Yeah, I still trust them in the sense that's you're doing your thing right now. You're sober. I mean, yeah, I don't have a problem with trusting people generally. That's good. What is a deal breaker for you? A deal breaker? A deal breaker. Something that is a hard no when dating. I mean, you know, somebody who says they don't like babies, kids, if somebody like spouts out some of that edgelordy weird shit, it's like you don't like kids. Mm -hmm. Like you don't like the... Like source they don't like of, tiny people. Like what the fuck? You don't like the source of humanity on the planet? Like you're like a droplet of water in a fountain that is being flung into the void and is aging as you go. But you don't like the younger droplets of water? And also when you have kids and you see older kids around younger kids, mm -hmm. they are mean to the younger kids. Like there is an elitism to a six-year-old when they see a four-year-old. They'll be like, go away, baby. <laughs> and it's so funny, it's so funny. So it's like you're six. Yeah. You're not in the Illuminati. What are you fucking doing? Like, it's a playground. But so when adults do it, it's the exact, they just never got past that. Yeah. Like, I don't like babies. I don't like kids. Like, why could you not like kids? I feel like when, I feel like, people don't like the problems that kids come with sometimes. Like people don't like that kids scream on airplanes. And when you and when people who don't like kids think about kids, they're not thinking about the joys in life that they come with. Yeah. I think they're thinking about how much work that's going to be, the amount of money that that's going to cost, yeah. all of the time that's going to get taken away from them. And I think that you have to become more of a selfless person. Yeah, it means they're there. It could mean a bunch of things. But I do think that wrapped up in that could be a little bit of like self-obsession or a general idea that you are going to be the thing that really changes the world. Like, I think a lot of people are like, I'm the thing. Like, I this is my life, my career. I'm going to do it. I'm, it's so <laughs> like it's like a, like it's like an ice cube yeah. melting and like, I'm going to be the best ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way when I go to the gym. I'm always oh, like in there and I'm like, today's the day that I'm going to just absolutely crush it. I do uh, like 10 minutes on the elliptical and I'm like, I need a taco. Yes. I can't.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you ever get jealous? Do you get jealous easily? Yes. I used to. Not as much anymore. And that is a red flag. But yeah, I used to get jealous and it's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. What makes you jealous? When someone flirts with your wife? Okay, let me be a little honest with you. So, like, yesterday, flowers. My, My wife is very close to Greenberg. Yesterday, flowers have been delivered. Now, my wife's upstairs. I'm looking at flowers. There's no message. <laughs> it's just flowers. I just want to illustrate <clears throat> how my how how this is why I try to have some kind of spiritual practice, which which is there's nothing special about that at all. It's not romantic. It's like really just like to mitigate my neurosis. But the so my mind immediately is like, hmm, I wonder where those flowers came from. <laughs> like, who the fuck? is sending flowers to my wife when she's about to, like what guy do I think is like, hey, I'm just gonna send you some flowers and just not put my name on it and just (laughs) fuck with your whole family. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the first presentation, that's what my mind will do first. And then I have to like, you know, recognize like, okay, that's just a thought. I know that's not real. It's just like a bubble of sewage rising up from my subconscious. But yeah, it was from my mother-in-law, <laughs> you know? But so that's an example of like, now when those thoughts emerge, I'm much better at not believing them. But in earlier phases of my life, I was being dragged around by my mind. So I couldn't surrender to the basic reality, which is like, if the person you're with wants to be with someone else, you have to let them. What are you going to do? Hold them hostage? Is this a hostage situation? I thought this was romance. Like, what's going on here? They want to be with someone else. They don't want to be with you as much as they want to be with someone else. Deal with it. Like, you just have to surrender. That's good for both of you. I could never pull that off. Like, I was always, like, the, the not being able to deal with, like, yeah, it didn't work out. They, they're into someone else. Do you consider yourself very romantic? I don't know. You know, I think I, I don't know. That word is really in, like, I, I, I do think like, you know, it was when my wife and I met it was very romantic. And I think in the beginning of most of my relationships, there's like some true romance that happens. And, um, but sadly I've noticed that, um, in, in not the romance goes away, but I've noticed that over time, it kind of like transforms into something that isn't quite as sparkly as right. it is in the beginning. And that sparkly quality is so beautiful and addictive. And it's why Romeo and Juliet, like imagine if they didn't kill themselves. Like do Romeo and Juliet long-term relationship 15 years later. It's not gonna be as interesting a play. Yeah, because they the, had to die. For it, yeah, or you know, the credits roll in the romance movies. And everyone's dancing at the wedding or whatever. Yeah. Cut to four years later. 
you know, four years later when like the housing market's fucking up and the mortgage, you know, you know what I mean? Like cut to four years later. I don't know what this lump is. (laughs) (laughs) The real estate agent comes in, totally destroys their relationship. Yeah. She's the, she's the, um, mistress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of this stuff. Sounds like Austin. (laughs) Oh my God. This is, but this is, you know, the reality of human life is that we are, we are lured into very difficult situations. Um, by the sparkliness and we get in the difficult situations which which i think it's a teaching it's a lesson Mm -hmm. it's the guru it's whatever you want to call it it's your chance to get an advanced class in human existence and then you realize i don't want to take that fucking class like i just want sparkly and easy and soft and it just at least in in my experience it's, it's not like that what is your relationship like with your parents well you know they're dead so it's not that is not funny yeah but i was trying to make it funny and maybe it failed (laughs) all right all right you know they don't all hit the bullseye gosh i'm sorry i'm sorry what what well let's move on why (laughs) you mean move on like they did no they moved down. We're down moving dare forward. You down? I, I mean, unless you had them cremated. What? Oh, I thought you were talking about this hell. Conversation is. <laughs> you saying my parents are in hell? I don't what know. What fucking you... show is this, man? <laughs> Your parents are in hell. Hope you had a good relationship with them here on Earth. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I did, but. Uh... <laughs> You know, maybe I'll try to break into hell and free him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, did you have a good relationship with your parents before oh they died? Oh my God, yes and no. I mean, this, it's like shit. If you know, I'll tell you red flag. If you ask someone, did you have a good relationship with your parents? And they're like, yes. It's like, oh yeah, you really did. Like the whole time it was all great teenage years. All of that was good. It was good in the sense that there was love there through the entire relationship, even though if the love was covered up with confusion or the, I mean, as a parent, uh, my parents didn't have any like artists, uh, performers in their family. So to have your child run off to LA and then be like, I'm going to be a comedian. You're just like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Seriously? Like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. Statistically, that's not going to work. The probability of it working is so low because we're your parents. We know you're not funny. Like, how do you think you're going to be able to be a comedian? My parents were the same way. Right. So that's going to create real problems in a relationship because, you know, I think they're real, like, and I I will be, like, I, I will be thinking about what I'm about to say probably in the future. They're the real challenge of parenting is like you have to let your kid fail. You have to let your kid pursue the thing and like open the space for them to do it. And on every level, not just like, okay, great. Right. You're going to be a comedian. Wonderful. Go ahead. But inside you're like, oh, fuck, man, this is going to be really bad for everybody. You have to figure out how to like the entire spectrum of allowing them to be who they are. Kids are dangerous. They'll jump off of anything. They'll like, they'll run right at a pit bull. 
You know, they don't know that that's the last thing they'll see. They, so you, as a parent, you have to like be that the role of parent, but also you have to like connect with your kids like at a deeper level than like, you're my yeah. kid and I'm your dad. And like l allow those two things to happen simultaneously. So yeah, you know, um, I think that's the trick. I don't even remember what question I was answering. These martinis I, are strong. They're so strong. What if I wake up and I'm just talking to a garbage can? I thought I was on a podcast. Look, I'm trying to tell myself that I'm not trash every day. You so are you're not, not going to wake up to yeah. talking to a garbage can. I didn't mean it like that. I meant like my worst fear is all of this is some hallucination. And I come to and I'm just like, you know, covered in filth. Like, and then I talk to Rob. No, no, there's Liz. There's my lizard friend. <laughs> oh man. Um on I'm going to I'm going to go to my dessert question. Okay. What is the sweetest thing you've ever done for someone that you've been with? Okay. Um this is so I I was talking to my wife about this because um you know I was thinking it was when I proposed to her but she's like no. That wasn't it at all. And um, she told me that, and, and again, like, I think if you want to see a real red flag, it would be me being like, I'll tell you the sweetest thing ever. Like, I know that. I don't, I don't know. I hope I've done sweet things. I'm very neurotic. So when they send me that question, I'm just like, fuck, I'm an asshole. I don't know. What have I done for anyone? I mean, Jesus, am I a black hole? Am I just some like swirling black hole of narcissism? I've never done anything really sweet or can you be sweet to anyone? But my wife was telling me that after our um, kid was in the NICU and we, you know, had to come home and, you know, she, she was saying it was like I gave her a bath and was washing her hair and helping her take her bandages off in the bathtub. And she said that was the sweetest thing. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the little things, you know. Um, but I think that shows a level of care and help. And I mean, you're going into bringing another life into the world and being with your wife and helping her. You're talking about bathing your wife, right? What do you think or I was the, talking or about? Or the child. The child, the child was in the NICU. Yeah. I was bathing, <laughs> bathing my wife. It's That's weird what I thought. Like that. That's what I thought. That's you know, what... Yeah, I was giving my wife a bath. Yeah. Yeah. She probably needed your help. She did. Yeah, she did. And I get that was sweet. It's easy to think you got to do some spectacular thing. I always you don't. forget that. Yeah, it's a little things. What's the sweetest thing anyone's ever done for you? I mean, that's a question that I... Like, I gave you a free drink. Motherfucker, you did. I love it. Not you, motherfucker, but motherfucker, a drink. Like, I'm a biker. I wouldn't... I... Ah, uh, the sweetest thing... <laughs> The sweetest thing anyone has ever done for me. I'm going to tell you, and it's really, I will try not to cry. You want to know the sweetest thing anyone has ever done for me? Yes, I do. So, and I, you asked. I did. Okay. So, um, wait, do you mean significant other or in general in life? I want whatever story you are about to cry about. Okay. I'm not going to cry. Uh, no, I, I had a, uh, no, I've had that part of my brain cut out recently. It feels so much better. Dang it. I mean, feelings are really a kind of like a, a, the, a, the appendix of humanity. You know, once we get rid of feelings, I think we can. Yeah, that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, feelings are the first Put red flag. Put that in all caps, team. <clears throat> 
feelings are a red flag. So uh, the the my my mom uh, was very close to dying of breast cancer, and um, you know when I was like you know one of the things you do as a parent you wash your kids' clothes you know, mm-hmm. and so I I had to leave I like I had to like go and so like she was so sick cancer uh so i can remember like anyway i I went in the laundry room and she'd wash my clothes she'd some she was on oxygen but she'd gotten out of bed and like washed my clothes it's like wow yeah when she was not able to no it was the most beautiful on every level it was very beautiful because it was like it was just like demonstrating like what a like uh, true, like I know it's so, speaking of simple things, I mean, obviously it'd be no big deal uh, in any other situation, but something about like her, that way of saying goodbye. I know it sounds ridiculous. I didn't even want to wash my clothes and no big deal. Obviously I didn't ask her, hey mom, there's an oxygen tank in no, the laundry room. To. Can you wash my clothes? <laughs> yeah. It was this sweet, like, you know, all like all mothers are like the same mother in the end like you know and so it was like that it was like the demonstration of like yeah i'll do anything i can for you even when i'm about to die wow well that's really beautiful thanks sorry did i fuck i shouldn't have done that one can we should we do a different one i didn't close on a cancer mom washing clothes on your funny podcast actually no it does not everything has to be funny i mean i think that honesty sometimes is more important than being funny and i and the fact that your mom did something like that for you which is the sweetest thing for you that she someone has done makes sense why you would bathe your wife because it's an act of service yeah which is another love language that i always love to talk about on service well just love languages in general yeah and so i think that that's um acts of service seems to be very important to you and a a love language would you say that acts of service doing things for other people and people showing you love through i am desperately encumbered by my own selfishness and so the only way i have found all the psychedelics great whatever you still like like recrystallize as yourself it's like a spider makes a web like you might be able to like destroy your neurotic convoluted freaked out traumatized self-absorbed web with this thing or that but it'll always grow back and that's your that's your karma so the you know yeah I've noticed that when I'm able to clamber out of like my own neutron star level of selfishness and help other people that I experience like an immediate remission of that situation, which is a very pathetic and painful place to be. Well, my little black widow, I am here to tell you that you have a very big heart. Thank you. Yes. Um, but on that note, let me recap your red flags. So you show oh up late. Oh my God, it's going to be an hour podcast. <laughs> uh, sh- you seem to be a little lazy showing up late to dates, but that's okay. You mean to this one? You're late you, to this podcast. Yeah, I was late to this. That is a red flag. I guess that is my red yeah. flag. Jealous? What? You're jealous? You can be jealous sometimes? I used to be, but if you want to like do like past 
jealousy issues, mild jealousy issues. Now I'll accept the red flag. But now you're better. I think I'm better now. Yeah. So balance is great. Communication. Those are two green flags. And then um, you did say that you don't need feelings. What? You said that you don't need feelings. As a joke. I don't care. I'm and that's kidding. a red flag. <laughs> no, I give you a red flag. <laughs> I take shit too personal. Red, flag, red flag on you. My, my red flag for sure. Yeah, no, feelings are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. No, I mean, no, I think feelings are wonderful. Yeah, until you catch them with the wrong person. You're, yes, right. D would you come on a second date with me? Anytime. Yeah. Cheers to that. Hare Krishna. Cheers. Is me saying Hare Krishna a red flag? <laughs> no, no, because that's you being your authentic self. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at DougAtTrussell.com or you can watch my show on Netflix, The Midnight Gospel. And uh, in September, this show I'm on, it's really funny, that Dan Harmon made called Crapopolis is going to be on Fox. So In September? September, yeah. Cool. That's my birthday month. Yay! I can't when? wait. Wait, what day? What? The 15th. My, my wife's September... 11. Oh, really? Isn't that wild? Virgo Septim energy. Virgo energy. Love yeah. that. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you for I having me. I can't wait to me. have you back. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means the world to me. Thank you. What a wonderful show. You're yeah. such a great host. Thank you. And thank you guys for watching another episode. We'll see you next week. First day, baby. Are you really drinking a glass of milk with dinner? First day, I can't wait. You told your mom about me? Just say you're ready. Delete my number.